A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, John Weber. I like it. I like it. Nice. To, uh, thank you for having me on. Absolutely delighted. Now, first off, I see um, that you've got a golden disc that appears to be broken behind you. Yeah, that is from, you know, I've transitioned my business over the years. I've done quite a bit. I've done freelancing. I've done consulting. But this is from passively a lot of what I do. And the guy gave me this as well. So thank you, Joel. Uh, a guy named Joel Terrian. I'm an affiliate for him. And I've been an affiliate for him for years. We've generated hundreds of thousands of dollars for him. And he's a great friend of ours. Also, I highly recommended. I'll have to recommend him to go on the podcast. But I'm a mm -hmm. great guy. Uh, he's done big, big money. And we promote for him. And it's been a, a great journey with him. Um, I could tell many and many stories, but unfortunately, we don't have enough time to go down many different no. rabbit holes. <laughs> a very, very good point. That would be a rabbit hole for another day. Today, we're talking yes. about how to profitalize your business with omnichannel optimization. And the words that strike me here is omnichannel optimization. Yep. A lot of people talk about it. No, it a is. lot of people don't really know what it is, and mm -hmm. hardly anybody can actually do it. And are you right. going to explain to us today, John, exactly how we do this? Yes, I am. And only because it's something that is being needed to be done more and more than ever before. So to simplify what omni-channel optimization is, because it's not really talked about in the business or marketing or sales sphere very much, or in brand and surf either, or any kind of surf. Um, it's basically having a strategy for following up, for generating leads, and for being seen by your audience across every single channel possible because right. too often, you know, business owners um, simply rely on a single channel. For example, most people in my niche heavily use email marketing. Email marketing is a mm. really high ROI activity. But right. imagine. Oh, sorry, ahead, just to interrupt that, I come yeah. from the SEO niche and oh, they right. obsess okay. about Google and SEO and right. only channel marketing. And omni-channel optimization, as you say, is hugely important to get in front of clients to make sure, potential clients, to make sure that they know who you are. And right. this is what we do at CaliCube, is once they know who you are, whatever channel they find you on, they end up Googling your name, at which point the brand SERP becomes hugely important. Right, right. And that's why brands or, or, or the SERPs are important and being able to search for your name or brand is important. And it's a part of omni-channel strategy, too, as well, because... Let's say, for example, someone from my niche normally focuses on and has their leads coming through through yep. a Facebook ad, a Facebook ad to be on their email list. Then they search them up on Google. And yep. I dabbled in SEO, so they search them up on Google. But like we've, we've gone through before the call, maybe or maybe not, you've done your work and your brand is recognized or not recognized by Google. Nothing or bad stuff pops up or great things pop up. So mm. SEO is a channel. You know, retargeting is a channel, which re retargeting is usually done by SEO, can be done by SEO, because again, wherever they navigate in the internet, you want them to see you yep. after they search your name, important. Um, but my purpose is, and what I want to, to really hit people home with, especially with SEO, I know SEO people uh, are always looking a way to monetize. One of the mm. best ways to monetize your blog or monetize your presence is to be everywhere, not just in search, but to also right. be in retargeting, but to also be an email. Your email game needs to be strong. Most people email their list like once a month. I email minimum once a day and I have for the past 10 years, 12 years since I was like 13 years old. Um, 
being seen right. I was going to say you look very young for <laughs> 10 years right and, right and that's the point is you started when you were 13 yep but before we get to that um we're going to look at your brand sir because at the end of the day omni-channel marketing is being in front of your audience in the right places where yep. they actually engage interact hang out right and at the end of the day you're branding making brand awareness so that at the uh end of the moment where they've understood who you are they then try to find out where you are they google your name to go to your website that's hugely right. important so yep. we have here and it's slightly ironic that if i search for your brand name it doesn't we have even, it doesn't even appear no and it says did you mean and the reason i want to show this is not to criticize you mm -hmm. absolutely not but Google is auto-correcting, thinking that I've got it wrong. And that's yep. an indication that Google has not understood your brand. If it understands yep. your brand, it would not show the medicine because it would understand sorry, that I hadn't made a mistake. Here it thinks I've made a mistake. Right. And uh, my only defense, I know you're not, um, uh, you're not criticizing. <laughs> it's something that needs to be worked on 100% because, again, omnichannel means everything, not just every other channel. It means Google as well. Um, the brand has not officially launched it. It's pre-launched. There's been zero right. SEO work done to it, you know, other than the bare minimum. Um, it's not really linked anywhere. All these other things, it's still in the works, but I do agree. And it does need to be in the search. It needs to be at the top. Um, and of course, with branded search, you want reviews of you, positive reviews. You want things highlighting your expertise in your business, which Brilliant. needs to be worked on ASAP. Uh, absolutely. But then it says that I can, it thinks I've made a mistake, excuse me. And then it says, here you go. Did you really mean the other brand? Oh, and so we here, are all the ads. Yeah, no, you're doing a great job. Once Google has understood that I haven't made a spelling mistake. Right. You're right there. But it still has that doubt with the medicine. And apparently it's not a very good medicine. It's got very bad reviews. And that's important that Google is not recommending this right. medicine or cure or whatever it might be. It's got one star. That looks pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. We get here. It still thinks there might be a mistake. Right. And the solution to that is to educate Google so that it's confident in who you are and that it is confident that the spelling that you have chosen which is quite original, is the mm -hmm. right one. And if anybody's interested in this kind of discussion, join our Knowledge Panel and Brand Support Group on Facebook. We talk about this all day long. But today, that isn't the point. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. I'm not trying to teach you how to do your business. I'm trying to get you to teach me how to do my business better. So but it's good because it's a combination of both. Because again, Omnichannel really is everywhere. So I do appreciate mm. it. And it does go to show that people, while I don't specialize in SEO, you need to learn and go to your skills that you aren't strong in. So I know some SEO, but I haven't done it enough which is a good point. Mm. Just like I'm going to highlight maybe more on email marketing, 
more on search, more on uh, retargeting that him or you, the listener, may need to learn more about and really specialize in. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, just one point from my perspective, I come from a world of SEO, but it isn't because it's on Google that we're just talking about SEO. Right. They are SEO techniques that are simply there to repackage your brand message and your brand narrative Mm -hmm. for Google. So it's brand optimization in the eyes of these machines, be it Google, Bing, Bing Chat, and even now generative AI on search with Google that they mm-hmm. announced last week. Has that struck you? Has that frightened you? Or has it encouraged you? I was just going to say, I should ask you about that. <laughs> um, with AI in the mix, from my opinion and from what I know, I don't think Google's going to change much. It'll do similar what, what Bard has done mm. because they can't. Because Google will lose so much revenue from advertising dollars. Yep. I think if they just went with just AI search... Um, However, I, I think it'll be similar to Bard. Um, and the, the problem with AI is most people, while it can be very helpful, is we don't even realize the complexity and what it can actually do as it self-learns and self-becomes mm. better to a point that we cannot comprehend. Um, it is such a crazy idea, but I think if used correctly, I mean, it can be used omnichannelly. It can be used not just in search. It can be done for you know, ranking articles, it can be used for creating imagery through content marketing. It can be used for creating ads. I just got, got suggested every day now, someone goes, oh, there's this new AI tool. And I go look at it and I go, that's brilliant. Um, pretty soon, what will it get to the point of being is, it'll get to the point of being, you'll be able to go to an AI tool and say, build me an entire email marketing campaign connected to Facebook ads and connected to what, you name it, and it'll build it out for you. However, I don't know yet or in how long it'll be till it's perfect or really good enough to do that. You know, from my experience playing out with ChatGDP and a few other tools, AI still has some room to go with mm-hmm. where it won't need human interaction to make it actually good. I also don't think, or I do think, there will be a rebound from this, from AI, because more and more, including me, I grew up in the digital age, I'm pretty young, more and more people are not wanting AI and bots. They want real world experiences, um, which is I think right. what people are gonna try looking for. For example, my dad and I have a small blog and he was looking up some stuff. He goes, I kept getting these AI options. I don't want these. I want a human review. Right. Right, but it'll get to a point where you don't even know which is which, but yeah. No, very good point. And uh, Google actually said search is always and will remain the jumping off point. Right. Bing have said exactly the same thing. As you say, it's because if they don't keep that as the paradigm, their business model goes down. Right, the drain. right, right. And the other thing is they both say at the end of the day, people need the human touch. And that's our aim is to get them to the point where we can send them to the human touch Right. the provider that really makes sense. So we're looking at maybe less visits, but more valuable mm-hmm. visits. Right. Uh, and I think that's huge. And I think you've really put your finger on exactly where we're going mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And with omni-channel optimization, I am hugely interested to mm-hmm. understand outside my sphere of Google right. thing right. where I should be focusing. See, So number one, uh, I will hound on this. I've hounded on this in every single podcast I've been 
everywhere I go to speak. Um, follow up. For example, how often do you follow up with your email list? You know, Never. it's, it's <laughs> right. And that's but same thing. Like you, you were talking about the SERPs for me is I say that to everyone. I ask them how often you email your list. And it's never. Um, I have, I'm sure you're familiar with Matt Diggity. Um, yep. I'm starting to become friends with them. Really cool guy. Uh, we've chatted back and forth about monetization and stuff. And he has a bunch of huge things going on. And it's something that he told me because we were, we were working on a deal. I don't know how much I should say or not say. But we were working on a potential deal together. And he goes, well, I'm too, um, th there's too much going on for monetization. And I'm on his email list. And I know how much him, I know how much everyone's email list, the, the big players, I'm on their email list. I know how often you email. It's never enough. So the biggest issue is most people are fearful they're spamming their list, right? Uh, they're yeah. going to get too much. Well, when you're – go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I, I really just want to make a point is that back in 2006, mm -hmm. when you were six years old? I was eight then. Right. I was working on Buwa and Kuala, who were characters that – you would have been the perfect audience for at the time, which shows right. the difference in age, how young you are, <laughs> how old I am. Mature, mature you are. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> very kind. And we were starting to build that email list, and right. somebody said to me, that is the future. And I kind of oh. thought, okay, might be the future for five years. This is 2006. Right, but right. And now 17 it's... years later, it's still the future. It's still the highest converting form of marketing there is. Right. One, because everyone, just like search, will always keep using it forever. Two, it's direct communication, just like texting or mm -hmm. calling to someone's device, to their computer, to their phone, you name it. Now, one, go why ahead. would texting not take over? Because it's too personal. It, it, it gets annoying. Unfortunately, unlike email, it gets annoying very quickly and spammy very quickly. Mm -hmm. And also because... It's why like direct messaging hasn't taken over. Most people do it wrong. Most people focus on selling, selling, selling. Here's my offer. Here's why I'm the best. Here's why I am the greatest. Here's how my product will help you. Your entire goal in all follow-up, in all content you create, in all communication, email marketing, etc., should all be value-focused first, especially if you're doing outbound, you're, you're kind of intruding people's privacy. But even with mm -hmm. inbound, you know, you always want to be giving with peer value. Now, most people go, well, what does that mean? Do I send how-to guides? Kind of. There's three types of content I create and I advise people create. Entertaining, enticing, and educating. So this can be done across, again, email marketing, uh, across SEO articles you're ranking. This can be done across ads, content, you name it. Mm -hmm. Your job, as I said earlier, is to create value. What is value? Value is where your audience trusts you and they find that you are genuinely helping them either solve their problems or get the solutions they're looking for. It's not contacting them. It's, it's how can I actually build a deeper relationship with them? And you do that through entertaining them, through storytelling, through skits, through funny videos, stuff like that, through jokes, through humor. You educate them through how-to guides, resources, tools, etc., right. and you entice them. Then, lastly, lastly, you entice them with a deal, with a discount, with bonuses. Um, so, what were I the three E's again, please? And and then enticing, educating, and entertaining. Follow-up right. content again, omni-channel ads. A good way to think about it is 
Uh, most people, when they sell a product or service, they have one main sales process. You know, you have your lead capture right. page, or your, your landing page that goes to a sales page that goes to a checkout cart. When I launch uh, Profitalize or when I launch any affiliate contest, I outperform people who have 10 times the list I do. So say my list is 50,000. Uh, there'll be big names in the industry like Mike Filsane who has millions on his list or, or other people who I outperform mm -hmm. every single time because I build eight to 10 different sales pages for a single offer. And it works because think about this. Let's just say you're emailing your list and you have your product you sell to your list specifically. Uh, brand SERP, maximization, optimization, something sim yeah. something along those lines. I'm just spitting. Right. The 10th time versus the 20th time you email them the same page, do you think the 30th time is going to change or the 25th time is going to change their, you know, their opinion? No. Ooh, I now have two questions. Number one is you're saying 25th. Oh yeah, follow up. I would have thought it's four deep. is already no, quite no, a no. lot. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> but most so, of us think that. So, two things: depth, depth, and intensity of follow up. With, for example, just the email list alone is crucial. So, if I build an email marketing campaign, your email marketing campaign should be at least bare minimum twenty-one days, or twenty-one uh, contacts long. Secondly, the variety in your email marketing. You know, initially, maybe the first three or four emails are more promo-y because they're fresh, they're warm, they just hit uh, a page online, they searched and found you through an article, right. or they were through an ad. The first few are more general. Hey, here's who we are, how we can help you. This is what my product and service does. Then from there, you have to build a relationship. The next three or five e emails and possibly different sales pages to go along with them should be all about who you are, how you developed your product, how much you care about your customers. Now imagine if brands speak out, have a whole entire sales page, not even a sales page, just, hey, here's how why we care about our customers. Here's why we actually hmm. made our product. Then three or four emails after that, or three or more, four more contacts after that. This is applies to seeing ads and retargeting. This applies to content you're creating, everything. The next three or four after that are, here's some resources. We're not selling you anything. There's no button to buy anything. Here's some resources you can mm -hmm. learn how to uh, rank in search engines easier. And you do that for three, four days, four different things. And you keep stacking value in your follow-up, in your content, in everything you're doing. What happens is you build such a stronger relationship with your audience. They retain for longer, which customer retention is king of all profit. They retain for longer. Your leads retain longer. Customers retain longer. And your conversion rates from lead to sale or audience to sale is drastically higher because you're showing your audience you actually care about them by actually helping them. Right. Now, a couple of questions there. Number one is, if you email me 25 times in 25 days, mm -hmm. I very quickly either think I like this and I'll keep reading or mm -hmm. I don't like it, don't like the person, don't like the company, unsubscribe. Right, right. So that's where there's a need for one You'll see less people on your email list getting bored by having the variety of what I'm talking about, the variety of how you're following up. Also, you're also not just emailing them, but increasing your effectiveness conversion by texting them, calling them, doing everything else. And as well, you know, there's people who are going to buy today. They're going to buy some other groups of people buy later and some groups of people buy. I've had people who have been on our email list we know personally that have bought five years after, seven years after. So it's... One, there's a necessity the for, 
a long time. Seriously, there's there's a need for constantly building and deepening that relationship. Um, and two, also having more than one product and service, having a variety from low ticket to high ticket. So you also meet not just the interest and in how you relate to your leads and customers, but also the actual budgets they have because people do have budgets. They actually no. can't, you know, the sales guy means, no, I can get anyone to buy anything at any price, which I probably could. But the anti-sales guy, guy in me goes, well, there's some people who actually can only afford or are interested currently in this range of practice services. So something with monetization, for example, um, especially if you're in search, you probably have one main offer um, mm -hmm. or one main series of offers. I advise everyone, whether it's your own offers or you have to partner with another company or start doing affiliate marketing and find other related product and services. Once you get to about 21, like you're saying, once it gets extended 21 days to like 40 days for a lead, that's when you go, okay, they're not buying any of my main product and services. And if they haven't purchased after 30 days, maybe they want something else. So then you bring mm -hmm. them and segment them to another email list to again, give value, but offer them other related product and services that they might also want and again, also at different price points. So you have to, it's constantly a battle of variety in depth and never, honestly, never ending follow-up um, because there's so much competition. There's so much competition going on right now. Right. I'm sorry, with the idea of follow-up, you're saying if I have somebody who is more or less interested in what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I actually know all the people who can serve them with what they actually need. I just right. need to figure out what that is. Right, because again, let's just say you've done everything I've told you to do with variety and entertaining, mm -hmm. educating, and enticing follow-up over 21 days, 30 days, and they still haven't bought. It may not be, again, you're, I'm always thinking about how I can actually serve the customer better. It may not be that they don't value my offer and what I have. It might just be not exactly what they're looking for. So you want to offer them a different related product and service. And again, you may not have it. Most companies don't have, it. for example, agencies, agencies, any SEO agencies listening to this, you are screwing yourself over every single day. For example, because most SEO agencies and agencies in general only offer their agency services. Past that, maybe they have a lead magnet, but that's it. Why don't they offer consulting? You know, some do offer consulting, some are full service. But if you're not full service, you can extend a full service. And if you're not full service, you don't want to extend a full service. Make some JV partnerships and work with a different agency that does the ad creatives or that does the lead generation, the other stuff you don't do with how you operate your SEO agency. That's a huge part of it. Um, and also as well, for example, if you're a high ticket an agency or consultant, a big thing you can do is create something that's not a service because some people want done for you, like a service. Some people want to do it themselves. So create, we don't have, say for example, a leader prospect cannot afford your services. Say, hey, it's not going to work out, which is the vast majority of what right. agencies get when a client doesn't buy. I've worked in agencies. Mm -hmm. You should have a course for a fifth of the price because You'll still land them as a customer at let's just say yep. 497. Instead of four thousand dollars a month, you land them as a customer at 497. And then because they go through your course, if your course is good, they'll improve their business and generate more money. Now they can afford your SEO services. And they also bought from you, which deepen their relationship with you as a customer. So mm -hmm. there's which so is, many things. Yeah. Now that's delightful as well. And and what we've done at CaliCube the last few months is formalize that of saying right. we have the different levels whoever 
you are. Whatever your budget is, we can help you. Right. It's just right. a question of which one you need, coaching courses, right. uh, done-for-you services on a one-off basis, done-for-you services ongoing. Right. Um, and it, it works really, really well in the sense that you're saying, what do you need? What budget do you have? What are you mm -hmm. looking to achieve? Which of these right. offers can suit you? But my next question is, we've talked about email marketing. How can you apply that same idea, that same approach to, let's say, social media? You would do the same thing with your content creation on social media. So I, I've done this many times for businesses that, again, usually when you come across a business's social media posts, they're all about the business, yep. how, how they serve their customers. They're very basic. They're generic. They're the same thing. I say apply the same entertaining, enticing, and educating uh, types of communication follow-up to their content. So yep. content I create, for example, like when I when I launch Profitalize, I'm going to have I'll, – I'll cover con, uh, content marketing, social media, but I'll also cover ads. If you look up um, the Harmon Brothers, you should watch their ads. They're fantastic. The Harmon oh, yeah. Brothers create very humorous, funny uh, – entertaining ads. So whether I'm creating social media content or whether I'm advertising, let's just say I'm going to make a, I want to convert as much of my audience into loyal followers first, mm -hmm. then buyers. I'm going to have a bunch of content that's around humor, making fun of the competition, pointing out, making fun of myself. Then I'll have, you know, a bunch of content or I'll create different ads or videos or you name it going around why we're the best, why we care about our customers so much. Then I'll have another one around testimonials and mm. reviews our customers have given us. And I'll keep doing that for every other possible logical and emotional way I can relate to the customer while covering their objections and covering the things they desire the most. Right. So using almost a little bit of copywriting language and thoughts in this because what's happening, why people don't buy is because either A, they don't trust you enough, they have not received an mm -hmm. in-depth, a long enough follow-up, or they have not seen your content for long enough, seen your ads long enough, or B, you have not said something that has caused them to buy from you. Now, what that mm -hmm. means, what they have not seen that has caused them not to buy from you, is you've not covered their main pain or pleasure point they're looking for or thinking mm -hmm. about. Again, some people it's pricing. Some people it's they don't trust you enough because they don't actually relate to you which is why mm -hmm. the entertaining and educational stuff helps. Right. Right. Again, you can cover any spectrum of these different things people are looking for, and that's why there's the need for the depth and the variety of content created on social media, on how you're following up with your email list, on all these different things, because it's why people buy now versus some buy later, because your initial normal way of communicating through any form of marketing and sales only get so many people's main objections and the main pleasure points. That's why you have to create a variety to relate to them as a human across different areas of what they're interested in because not everyone is the same in your audience. Right. So, yeah, and you mentioned variety. But earlier on, about mm -hmm. 20 minutes ago, you mentioned multiple landing pages. Mm -hmm. And that there is a disagreement about do I need one or do I need 15, 20? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I would honestly advise most people on on three or four. Eight mm. is excessive, but it is, is highly successful. But I was going for 20. 
<laughs> well, you could because then you're able to. It depends on if you're following up often. You're following up often. The more is the better because then again, you keep reaching different sections of the people in your audience upon where their main concerns lie. But right. most people that have just one, start with three. One is your generic one. You optimize, you split test, you keep monitoring this one. You want it as high converting as possible because this mm -hmm. is where all of your scaling comes from. Your one main sales process from ad all the way to customer checkout card to upselling, downselling, all that stuff. But then in your follow-up, in how you create content and everything you do, you want, again, two or three different variations. One that's mm -hmm. very logical, no, one that's very educating, uh, a very value-based, hey, here's, we're not charging you anything for this. This is a free training. Just watch, enjoy, listen, and here's how we actually build value by helping you, literally just by helping right. you actually. Um, and then one that's a more sales page or landing page that is more humorous, that's more entertaining, that's more storytelling. By having two, just two or three variations, I can guarantee, otherwise I will pay any listener that does not agree with this or thinks I'm wrong, I will pay you a grand. Message me if you try this and it does not increase number of leads or conversions or sales or customers, or does not keep them for longer. You have to be able to track these things. If it does not, I will send you $1,000 cash. PayPal, Venmo, Stripe, it does not matter. Right. And, and, I, and the question there is, is that what you're doing is saying I've got multiple approaches to the same persona. Yes. And I send it in a series of emails and social media posts and whatever ads that I'm outreaching. Ads everywhere. And, everywhere. and getting them in the same person to the same, or to the, sorry, to the three different pages mm -hmm. because one of them will resonate. Yes, because again, you're dealing with just regular human beings. We forget that. And not everyone relates to the same information, the same. For example, I like reviews, strong reviews, because I've, I've worked with some agencies that ended up in bad experiences. So I, I love reviews and mm -hmm. I love a unique looking like website or brand. I like a unique, what? not the same messaging as anyone else. So the Harmon brothers, a copywriter named Daniel Doan is a good friend of mine. He has a very different look. He also probably has a very good branded SERP. But I'm, uh, I care about that. You might care more about, I want to know how it actually helps me. Uh, some people right. may be more on, they're more emotional. So they want a really good story that draws them in, you know? So you have right. to do this. And if you don't, I'm not saying that it's not effective just to do what other businesses are doing or what you're doing already. Because right. many businesses are very profitable. It just it will take your profits, especially if it's done across follow-up ads, texting, calling, every form of follow-up, every form right. of content. It will take your conversion rates far beyond that of anything you have experienced before. And again, I've I've proven this, especially in my affiliate marketing, because I've had to do it because, like I told you, where I came from, um, I came from our family was absolutely broke. We were almost homeless. I was actually almost mm. homeless twice because when I moved out. Uh, when I was 18, 19, I shouldn't have moved out yet. And I moved out with my girlfriend who wasn't working. So I was paying for all the bills, couldn't afford it, yada, yada. Anyways, we had to use these techniques in launching products and services because we needed we needed more conversions. Like I need more people to buy. I, I have to make it happen. So I would literally, real quickly, I have sent, this is generated sales, videos of me in the shower above the waist, Videos of my head in a dryer. I have I have created all kinds of unprofessional, quote unquote, different kinds of videos, sales pages, you name mm -hmm. it. 
but they convert because they're human. People buy from human, not from businesses. Huh. Um, and because I learned I, I have to relate to them in some way. I have to generate a buyer. I don't care how creative I have to be. I'm willing to do what I need, needs to be done to make it happen. Right. No, 100%. And, but what I retain from that is more along the lines of we tend to think in personas, but in fact, within each persona, we have different types of people. Right. So we yeah. need the emotional content. We need the logical content. And yep. this for each and every persona. And we can't say because we've identified a persona, they're all going to react the same. We're all human beings. Right. And that multiplies the necessity, the ways we need to communicate, which is absolutely brilliant. And we need to do that across multiple channels. Yep. Now, the question at the end of the show is how does branded search help with omnichannel optimization? You've got a minute, John. It is crucial because branded search is another channel that people go to to find more information about you, whether they're looking for reviews, whether they're looking directly to buy from you, whether they're looking just to learn more about you, your name, who you are, what your products are. And it's needed because, again, in today's market, there is so much competition. You are dealing with people's personal lives, their lives with their relationships, their lives with their spouses, their friends, uh, competitors. You're dealing with so many different competitors, not just directly, but indirectly, that you need to stand out across every channel possible and branded search is one of them. And I, again, I couldn't highly recommend, along with email follow-up, content marketing, ads, retargeting, mm -hmm. everything you're doing already, you need to make sure branded search is another one of those focuses, just like I need to focus on that for my own business. Brilliant. It's all well and good getting in front of your audience across multiple channels. Everywhere. But at the end of the day, they're going to search your name at some point, and it's yep. super important that that is absolutely your message. Thank you so much, John. That was brilliant. Uh, I absolutely loved it. The lots of <laughs> amazing tips, and we Thank need you. to implement many of them at CaliCube. Uh, now I'm going to introduce everybody to David Avrin, how to become ridiculously easy to do business with. We've already had David on the show. He's brilliant. He's delightful. He's entertaining, and he's full of amazing advice. So do come along. Please, John, could you pass the baton? I would absolutely love to. David is an amazing speaker. I've actually looked up his own branded SERP and I've <laughs> taken a look at his content. One, he's devilishly handsome. Two, he is great at what he does. If you watch his speaking, and this is how you tell if an expert is actually good at what they do, listen to the depth of what they preach about because then you're able to identify if they're actually knowledgeable on speaking, for example. On He is a very well, multi-book self-published author. And if you take a look at how he speaks, how he educates his presence, you can tell that he's a true professional. And I am sure that you guys are going to absolutely love him returning to the show. Uh, David is an excellent, ethical, um, and great guy who I'm actually going to learn more about myself uh, right after this. Brilliant. That was really, really well said. David is indeed everything you just said, and your research into him does indeed prove that. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, for everybody, for listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. And you get the outro song. A quick goodbye to and the show. You guys Thank later. Thank you, John. <laughs> Thank you. Sing back. <laughs> Go for it, John. Sing your song. Um, make sure you 
do omni-channel optimization so you see higher conversions. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Cube. It's all about your brand, SERP.